0: You're listening to How To 20-something, the only podcast that helps both men and women navigate their 20s and learn how to adult across all aspects of their lives. We're going to be focusing on career, relationships, finances, fitness, nutrition, and all of the common challenges and obstacles a typical 20-something will face in this post-college life and what to do about it. I'm your host, Just Diamond, and I'm the CEO and founder of Just Diamond Coaching, Where I help young professionals get their shit together, gain their confidence, and own their life. No one prepares you for this adulting world, so allow me to help you feel like you are no longer a chicken running around with its head cut off, and that you actually know what the hell is going on and what your next step to take is. Welcome to How to 20 something. We are back with a brand new episode of How to 20-something, with the focus of today's episode highlighting the confusing, overwhelming, anxiety-ridden times that our 20s can bring and playing off of last week's episode, that there is no right timeline to follow, but that there's still some way you can show up for yourself either mentally, physically, or emotionally. Like in my intro, I personally felt like I was a chicken running around with its head cut off, and now that my head is screwed on right... I look around and see others fall into their own traps. And this is such a common experience, yet you feel as though you are going through it alone and that no one can relate. But I'm here to tell you that we all have our own obstacles and today's guest is here to share her own experience through her 20s and how she learned to believe in herself. Kayla and I actually graduated from the same health and life coaching certification. And when she posted her story from the last 10 years of her life, I immediately reached out asking if she wanted to come on here because of how inspiring it is, and I can't wait for her to inspire all of you who may feel like you are failing at adulting right now, and to know that as long as you keep showing up for yourself again in some way, it will get better, things will improve, and who knows, maybe it'll be the cornerstone to your own success story. With that, I would like to introduce Kayla Judda. Kayla is an ontological life coach serving leaders and entrepreneurs to live their most joy-filled lives, creating multi-six-figure-plus businesses as a result. She runs her coaching business, Rise Leadership Circle, with the best partner a girl could ask for, her mom, Lisa. Kayla also is one of the co-founders of the Nest Coworking Club in her hometown, Green Bay. She has many obsessions, witchy reads, her dogs Murray and Millie, weekly horseback riding, spa days, snacks, and drinking tea and champagne. Kayla frequently travels internationally across the U.S. or on extended road trips. According to Human Design, she's a reflector, a Neogram 8, and self-proclaimed maximalist. For Kayla, home is between Green Bay, Wisconsin and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, where Kayla and her husband, Tom, recently purchased their dream lake house to live near the water, making her Pisces self happy. Kayla's top commitments are to indulge in rich experiences, love wildly, and take snack breaks. Hi, Kayla. Welcome to How To 20-something.
1: Hey, Jazz. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you're here, and I can't wait to hear more of your story from where you were at. At 23 years old to the success and life you have now just 10 years later and all the mental shifts and belief systems that you've had to create to get you to where you are today. And our success stories have a similar timeline where I lost my job at 23 and you quit your first job at 23. So let's talk about it as You were living off on your own, trying to adult, and you realized this was not the life for you. Can you share your experience of what that first year out in the real world that resulted in you returning home to living with your mom was like?
1: Absolutely. So I want to back up and say that right when I graduated from college, I went to college in my hometown. And I love that. I was so grateful that I did. But I knew that it was time for me to move, spread my wings, try something new, And so I decided that I was going to live in Chicago. And so I started looking for jobs. And as I was interviewing, my mom was like, I don't think you're going to like that. Or I don't think that's the job for you. And would I take her advice? Of course not. I just saw a dumpster fire and dove right into it. So I took a job that my mom said, I really don't think you're going to like this, but whatever you want. And I also signed a lease for an apartment that was, I had no business signing a lease for. It was far more expensive. The job I was taking could pay for it. But if that job did not pan out, then what was I going to do? And sure enough, one month into my new job, I was on my bathroom floor sobbing to my mom that I hated my job. I hated my life. I made a terrible mistake. What was I going to do? And I remember it was a Monday morning, and I told her I literally cannot go in today, like not even one more day. Now in my defense, there was no such thing as a a two week notice in the, in the business that I had chosen to work for. The turnover rate was so high. I kid you not. I was there for a month and I surely saw at least 15 people quit in the 30 days that I was there without any two week notice. If someone gave their notice, that was it. It was their last day. And so I knew that this was it. I would never go again on this Monday morning. And so now, only after having one month of being able to easily pay my rent from a job I hated, I now found myself without a job and not having any idea of how I was going to pay my bills. So what happened? What went through your mind? Uh, First, I felt like a total failure. I just, you know, immediately was thinking I should have listened to my mom. She was right. I'm 30 days. I couldn't even hack it for longer than 30 days. I'm so miserable. I have no idea how I'm going to pay my bills. My mom happened to have been visiting. She was visiting for the weekend at my house that Monday morning. And so uh, she drove me around that day to help turn in resumes for f- just for anything that I could get a job to have somewhat of money. I grew up working in, a- my mom owned a salon and spa. And so I had experience of uh, being a manager. And so I knew that I could do that. So we just went to all of the high-end salons in my area. Luckily, there's many in Chicago so that I could see if I could get a job as a receptionist to have some kind of money. And it was not enough to pay my bills. My parents then had to step in and help me cover basic expenses. I eventually had a friend who um, was in college and taking a break and just needed to kind of have a life reset. And so he moved in with me. We converted my dining room into a bedroom and helped me pay for rent. So it was a win for both of us. And I just mustered my way through the next year, really piecemealing money any way I could together and trying to enjoy being in my early 20s, living in Chicago, but also feeling like a big failure and miserable that my life was not going according to plan.
0: Yeah, I want to backtrack to it was a month. You worked at this job for one month. I personally knew within a week that I, I was just like this isn't really the life I thought I'd be living, but I don't know what else is going on and or what else to do. I didn't know what direction to take, so it was under my assumption that you just keep going and that I felt as though something was wrong with me. Was, Why is no one else feeling this way, feeling this kind of defeat of we worked our whole life to get to, to this moment and it was the biggest letdown I ever experienced. Did you? feel like there was something wrong with the way your mind was processing? Or was it the job just that terrible that you had to get out?
1: The job was truly terrible. I can remember my boss saying it was probably like the week before he said to our whole team, leave your feelings at the door. And if you think that people care about what's going on in your life, we don't. And that to me was a huge red flag of these people definitely do not care about me. anything that's going on or anybody here. And this is not a place that I'm okay being at all.
0: Okay. So it was, the job sucked, but you, instead of going for another nine to five, you chose to go the hair salon receptionist, like grind, find as much money as you can root. Why is that? Why didn't you choose another nine to five type
1: job? Eventually I did. So then I was working, I could get a part-time job. I mean, it was like 35 hours a week. So it was, basically a nine to five. And then I also was keeping the salon job on the side. I think that I was, I was not looking at what's possible for me. What could I actually have? I was in desperation mode. I was just like, what can I get? I'll take anything. So I worked the salon because I had the experience. It was easy for me to do. And then the part-time job was a, a friend of a friend, you know, a connection. And so I took it and I was grateful to have something steady and some income But yeah, really the mindset was not, oh, I have a college degree. I'm highly employable. What could I do? What's my passion? It was really in a place of scarcity and lack of how can I pay my bills and who cares if I like it as long as I'm not miserable like I had been before.
0: Okay. And then your parents stepped in to help you financially My mom had to cover my rent and groceries within my first year of adulting when I lost my job during the pandemic. And I also couldn't qualify for unemployment, which I mentioned in another episode. But I felt a lot of shame and guilt having to accept that money. And I know this was a belief that was instilled in me when my mom was struggling when I was a kid and my grandparents wanted to help financially. But what was your experience like with your parents extending a helping hand?
1: That's a great question. I think that I definitely felt some beat up and shame. Like, why can't I figure this out? Why can't I get it together? And my parents are so awesome and loving that they never made me feel shame. I think they were really gracious in, they didn't necessarily make it easy for me. They didn't, like, they weren't giving me a free ride, but they also were going to make sure that I had groceries and that I had a roof over my head. Uh, They, you know, helped me pay some medical bills. And so they were supporting me enough that I did not have to feel, you know, like I was going to have to make a dicey decision on how to pay my bills, but also that they weren't helping me so much that I wasn't still trying to hustle or figure it out on my own.
0: Yeah, I think we were in, the world was in two very different situations of my mom stress. She was, I remember her telling me, she's like, don't you dare touch your savings. Leave them there. I will help you because I was a lost cause. There was nothing that I could, I couldn't go find another job. There was no one hiring. It's a very different worldly situation. But it's still that same feeling of shame for having to accept it. Did you find yourself comparing yourself to other friends that were the same age as you that you started out on the same timeline and now here you are not in that 9 to 5 corporate lifestyle and needing help? to have a roof over your head, to have food on the table and things like that?
1: I think it was a both and. I had some friends that were rocking and doing amazing and they were super supportive of me and helping to hold that. It's not gonna be like this forever, Kayla. And they were so awesome that they weren't making me feel bad. And so I think a little bit, I was comparing myself to, man, what's wrong with me? And then also I had other friends that were also in a similar boat, like trying to figure it out. And so that was supportive that I was, I'm not the only one. There's, there's a number of us trying to figure it out and find our way. And so I think this might be part of the territory. So it kind of, the pendulum would swing. Some days I would feel real beat up. What's going on? What am I doing? And other days I would remind myself, okay, this is what it's like to be in your early 20s and it's okay.
0: And what happened now, if we fast forward after that first year of you grinding it out, finding money where you could, being in that scarcity mindset, what happened next?
1: The next three years were more of the same. So after a year living in Chicago, I moved back home and moved in with my mom and started working for her. And then eventually after I worked for her for two years, I took another job back in corporate America, which was giving me a little more sustainable income. And I was able to move into an apartment with a roommate, but it was a lot of the same that I was pretty much living paycheck to paycheck. I, you know, would have like a pinch of surplus money that I could like go to the movies with a friend or go to eat or have my nails done. But that was it. Like I was not, there was no money for savings. There was no money for retirement. There was, there was no long-term plan. I was just paying my bills and then taking the little bit of excess to treat myself in whatever way I could. And this is where I was starting to feel like, am I getting behind? Cause now I'm getting into my mid twenties and I do have other friends that have a retirement plan and that are uh, putting money aside every month and that are starting to buy new cars and starting to buy houses. And I'm really still living paycheck to paycheck. And so that's where I was starting to feel more of that comparison and the guilt of where where I was and the choices I had made.
0: Which is funny because here you are running the same timeline that I know I grew up believing is you're supposed to follow. And you still feel as though you're behind. How, how did you shift your mindset to get yourself to feel as though you're right on time or that maybe this isn't the path for you or anything else that came up during this time, these next three years?
1: I don't think that my mindset shifted about my timeline until I started my coach training program. And so once I started learning to become a coach, that was the first time that the possibility was really opening up for me. Until that time, I pretty much felt like I'm behind or I need to hurry up and figure it out.
0: How did you get to the point of starting the coaching? What brought you to this moment? And then for you to, I guess, follow through on starting this new journey?
1: So it was I want to say August of whatever year. I think August of 2014 and maybe 2015. Confirmed, August of 2015. And I was on a vacation that I had saved so much money for to go on a vacation with my my now husband, he was my boyfriend at the time to Nashville. And I remember sitting by the pool And me, I had thought like, wow, I had to work so hard to save this money for this one vacation for this year. And I was sitting by the pool and I thought, okay, I need to go back to school. I need to get more education so I can get a better paying job so I can do something different. I had been working for a nonprofit that was in the health arena. So I was contemplating between getting a master's in public health, which is laughable if you know me. Like, this is, that was like a weird thing. Like, why would I have chosen that? But that's where I was. Or be getting trained to become a coach. And so I just decided uh, in August, I was going to do one of those. That next year, I was going to do one of those. And then I think it was November of that year that I made the decision definitely coaching. I for sure was going to become a health coach. I let go of the master's idea and thought, okay, I'm going to find a program. That is rigorous and robust and really will give me a a deeper education. That's what I was hungry for. My belief system was I have to have really deep education in order to make more money. So that's what I was looking for. And then in, so that was November. Then in January, so just a couple months later, I was, I'll never forget this. I was uh, laying in bed. It was a Saturday night. My boyfriend lives in a different state than me. So I just like Saturday night, I'm alone, nothing to do. I'm laying in bed, eating chocolate, scrolling Facebook as we do just down that, you know, like the death scroll. And I came across a post of a friend that lived near me who I knew was a coach and my cousin who lived across the country who was a coach and they were together smiling in a photo. And I was like, what? These two women that I love know each other. And so I kind of like did a little bit of investigative work, like smeared with chocolate in my bed, in the dark with my phone. And I discovered that they had both been in the same coach training program and they were having a celebratory weekend for the training program. And I instantly knew that's it. I had watched both of them on social media, building successful careers and changing their lives. And I had been watching each of them independently. And now that they knew each other and they were together, I knew without a doubt okay, this was the path. This was the school that I was going to go to. So I sent an email. I looked up, you know, I found out the school, I sent an email and that next Monday I got a call and they said, Hey, you know, we got your email. We'd love to talk to you about our coach training program. And I said, great. Now in my mind, I'm thinking about, this is going to be just like college. And so it's going to start in September I'm going to apply to get a student loan. I'll have the student loan pay for it because I certainly don't have the money. So I'll get the information now. I'll get prep. Maybe I can even save a little bit of money. And then I'll start in September. So I'm on the phone. It's the third week of January. And everything she's telling me is exactly what I want. I'm so excited. I can't wait. This sounds so great. And I'm like, yeah, I want to do it. And she says, great. So the tuition is $16,500 and we start in 3 weeks. And I was like no. Just, just no. And so I said to her, "Well, thank you so much. I'm probably going to have to wait until next year. There's just no way that in the next 3 weeks I can come up with that kind of money. So, I appreciate the information. I'll have to circle back next year." And she said to me, "Is it okay?" She knew that my cousin, you know who my cousin was. I had established at the beginning of the call. She said, "Is it okay if I let your cousin know that we talked?" And I said, "Yeah, of course, I'll let her know too." So a couple a couple hours later, my cousin calls me, and she's like, "Okay, let's talk." And by the end of my phone call with my cousin, I was taking out the one credit card that I have with a five hundred dollar limit for emergencies. Like, you know, I have a flat tire on the side of the road, and I was putting that full five hundred dollars down for the deposit with no way of knowing how I would possibly create the $16,000 to get started in the next three weeks. But I did.
0: That takes a lot of, uh, I know I tell my clients, like, this is an investment in yourself. And my coaching certification was an investment in myself. My business coach is also an investment in my belief that I can succeed. And that's how we phrase it for our clients as well. What did your cousin tell you that, allowed, gave, I guess, gave you the permission or made you feel like you were allowed to rack up this kind of debt and put this credit card down and begin this journey right now?
1: Yeah. She asked me really good questions. She's a phenomenal coach, obviously. So she asked me really good questions. And I remember one of the questions she said is she's like, okay, Kayla, whenever you become a coach, like now, later, whenever you become a coach, what kind of clients are you going to want to work with? And I lit up, and I was like, oh, well, I want to work with women that are go-getters and achievers and have this vision of their life, and they're just willing to go after and make it happen for themselves. And she sat there quietly. She said, great. Do you think it might be helpful for you to be that kind of woman? And we probably sat in silence for what felt like minutes, you know, until I realized, of course. Of course, I got to go first. I got to be the kind of woman that was a go-getter and an achiever and saw the dream that she had for herself and was willing to create it. And so it was in that moment that I realized, even though I don't know how, do I hold the belief enough that it could happen and that it could happen for me? And it did, which
0: we'll get to. And it did. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I, I know when I was uh, thinking about going with my certification, I all of a sudden it felt like, oh, my mom's best friend or like someone my mom once knew went through this certification. Oh, my best friend's dad just finished this certification. And it was like all these people were popping up that they just went through the same school. And I didn't realize how big of a certification this was becoming. And I, it allowed me to believe more into it and that it was possible because these people who were decades years older than me We're doing it. And I was like, they can do it. I can do it. And I knew from the start, I wanted to work with young professionals. That's, at first, I honestly just wanted to help them become healthier and then realized that we just need help with a lot of different types of health. And so that's why I consider myself the one-stop shop for everyone to get their shit together. But... I, <laughs> that's like the, a phrase that I came up with probably a year and a half ago or something. And it's just, we go with it because every, that means something to everyone. Like, oh, you need to, like, if someone's like, I need to get my shit together, they have their own definition of what that means and what they need to work on. And also what they're willing to sacrifice to get there. And I think what I'm getting at is that your sacrifice also goes in line with your belief system of you're not willing to put up the sacrifices that you need to do if you don't fully believe in the outcomes you're after. So I want to backtrack again to you trying to live on your own. It didn't quite work out like you originally envisioned when you were in college and thinking of your five-year plan or your 10-year plan. You feel defeated. You feel like a victim to your own life and you lose This belief in yourself to even succeed and to thrive, like some of the people that you were watching, do it right, quote unquote, do it right. Other than your cousin asking these questions, what shifted in you that gave you the courage to bet on yourself again?
1: Mm, Such a good question. Something inside of me just spoke to me. And basically, you know, I don't remember verbatim what it said, but the essence of it was you can trust yourself, Kayla. Like you are a powerful creator and you've got yourself. And it was exactly that language of you can bet on yourself. You can, you can trust yourself. This can happen for you. And in just a split second of deep courage or deep insanity, I don't know which, I just trusted it.
0: (laughs) And how would you say it played out for you within that following year? Were there still moments where you were teasing back and forth of, I don't know if I made the right decision?
1: Absolutely. The next year was still an incredible a, a challenge. I felt like I was training for, I've never done a triathlon. I'm not sure that that's something that I'm interested in. But that's what it felt like, like a mental triathlon. Because there was just peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. And it it was exhausting to be in that the yo-yo of the peak and the valley, that there would be a moment of, I think this is working. I'm getting it. I'm figuring it out. I'm trusting myself. And then it would crash and burn and it would be crickets and nothing's working. And what I thought was working is crumbled and it's all falling apart. And how is this going to happen? And so definitely that whole next year was a wild, wild ride that I just hung on to.
0: At what point would you say the peaks and valleys started to shift a little. So my coach always says new level, new devil, as in there's always going to be some other downfall that comes, but it's always a higher version of you that's experiencing it. And it's not as, I guess, detrimental of a downfall because you're on this constant increase to better yourself. But what happened for you after that first year? How old were you at this point?
1: Okay, so I started my coach training in uh, February. Of I'm trying to get these dates right, 2015, and I turned 26 in March. So I was basically, let's call it 26 when I started, okay? And in April, I just so I started in February. In April, I say, I'm gonna leave my job. I this year, I'm gonna leave my job. And the people around me were like, uh, I mean, if like we're gonna support you, but are you sharing? Sure? I was like, Yep, I'm gonna leave my job. So in August, I told my boss. Okay, and so I'm halfway through my, pro- it's a year program, I'm halfway through, don't have a degree yet uh, or a certification, but I tell my boss, I'm going to leave in two months. End of October is my last day, here I go. So October comes, it's my last day, okay, now I have November, December, and January. So November and December of 2016, January of 2017, where uh, things are rough. This was, so I just leave my job with my first 90 days as an entrepreneur and things are brutal. I had had three, maybe four clients between April and October and all of my clients' contracts were up in November and nobody had renewed. I eventually went on to work with some of them again, but nobody renewed immediately for November. So November 1st is my full day as an entrepreneur and I have zero clients and I don't actually know how I'm getting any clients. And so November, December, and January were bottom of the barrel for me. Every day went a little something like this. I would wake up and try to build up this belief in myself. Like I had been doing the mindset work. I knew that, okay, I have to really have the belief. I have to take care of myself. And then the fear would start to set in. It was like kind of around breakfast time. Like, what are you thinking? Are you really going to be able to do this? The fear is going to set in. And I would rally myself again and start my work day and take powerful action and try to figure it out. And. Do the best I could do. And then midway through the afternoon, I would feel like this isn't working. This is a disaster. What are you doing? And I would rally myself again to try to have one more push of getting your result yet this afternoon. And then I would take a break and just like relax, do something else. And I ended every night for 90 days crying on my bathroom floor, feeling like I'm a failure. I'm a fraud. This is a disaster. I made a mistake. And then just trying to like get myself to to bed to say tomorrow's a new day. I'm in a fresh start. Tomorrow's a new day. And I just did that cycle again and again and again for 90 days. I couldn't pay my bills during those 90 days. My then boyfriend was supporting me. He was helping pay my rent. He was buying my groceries. He was putting gas in my car. I was making a little bits of money here or there. You know, like I would sell like a hundred dollar thing here or a couple hundred dollar thing here. So I would get a little money in, but not enough that I could comfortably pay everything. And then February, uh, February was an interesting month. So now I'm almost 27. I'm about to be 27. And I had enough bill to my clients to pay exactly my expenses. So I had no no cushion, no, no money for a nail appointment, but I could exactly pay my bills. And what was interesting is even though my clients had paid on time, the checks were delayed. I, I was using my, um, the first school I went through coach training program. They would allow your clients to pay them and they would send you the money so they could handle the contract, et cetera. And there was a delay in their check system. So even though I had technically made enough money to pay my bills, the check was two weeks late. And so I was still trying to figure out how do I So that was a moment where I was like, okay, it's happening. And then March, I made the same amount that I had made in my previous salary. And so I knew at least my bills can get paid and I can get one nail appointment. And so that is when things shifted for me was March. So I was like month four of being an entrepreneur and four or five. And from then my trajectory started going up pretty fast.
0: Would you say that your beliefs then somewhat came from the like finances reflecting it of like, okay, like reassuring you of no, you can make a living off of this?
1: That definitely helped. It definitely helped. I was doing deep mindset work every day of those 90 days. I'm so grateful. In the first week of becoming a coach, my mom sent me a video of of another coach that we later went on to hire. And I heard her say, if you take the same action every day for 90 days, on day 91, you'll see results. And I hung onto that like my lifeline. And so in the middle of my yo-yos of believing myself and thinking I was failing, I just hung on to for 90 days, Kayla, hang out. And that then February, February 1st was day 91. And that's when I knew that I had billed enough to my clients to pay my bills that month. So that started to help curate that belief of, okay, I'm getting evidence. And then March really solidified that I can do this. There is the ability for me to create that. And so then I doubled down on the belief work after I had that evidence.
0: I think it's interesting that your peaks and valleys were coming within the, a full 24 hours. So I know I haven't heard that. So I think that's interesting. Mine for me personally, it'll come in waves. It'll be maybe one week or one day where I'm just feeling like this isn't where I need to work on my beliefs and work on raising up my vibrations. But I am curious, what were some of the practices that you were doing to Make yourself mentally strong, and that you were the ways that you were showing up for yourself in those 90 days.
1: I was listening to a lot of people that were experiencing what I wanted be it their audiobooks or their workshops or their podcasts. I was just consuming and listening and trying to put as much uh, positive reinforcements in myself as I can. I was reading a lot of books. And I was staying focused on what I wanted to create. I was thinking about, okay, why did I become a coach? What's the impact that I want to make? What's what I want to create? And I was just letting myself create those offers as much as I could. So I was consuming and creating and kind of just that back and forth consuming and creating.
0: Okay. And this is what you do in your business with leaders and entrepreneurs with creating their beliefs within themselves. But for the 20-somethings listening that maybe have doubts in their own abilities, would you say that this self-doubt translates to a lack of confidence in themselves? And then also what insight can you give them so they can begin to build up their own beliefs?
1: Great question. So I always work with my clients on a belief scale which is helpful to think about. Belief is not yes or no. There's actually levels to it. And so we just get to look at how much am I believing in myself right now? And self-confidence definitely comes into play here. But rather than like, do I believe in myself? Yes or no? It's where on the scale am I? How much am I believing in myself? And what happens if I just believe in myself 1% more? or 10% more. So that's a question that I would offer to any of the 20 somethings who are feeling like my self-confidence is really low. I don't know if I can do this. I would have you look at how much are you currently believing in yourself? Because maybe it's more than you thought. I mean, even on the days when I was crying in the bathroom floor, I still probably was believing in myself 60%. That still is a good belief. You know, like the 40% of not was having me cry in my bathroom floor, but there was still a good amount of belief in myself. So that's the first question is how much are you believing in yourself? And then what would it take to have 1% more belief? Or what would be possible if I had 1% more belief? And see if we can just increase it a little bit more every day until we're taking quantum leaps. Uh, And once we really build up that belief in ourselves, then if it it slides down the scale, we can take a quantum leap of, oh, I know the capacity that I can have it to and I can jump right back to it.
0: Can you give an example as I know this is definitely specific to the human being. That's why you hire a coach one on one. But this is a podcast. So it is generalized. How can you give an example as to how you would help someone improve their belief system by 1% or by one step or by 10% anything
1: along those lines? Great question. Let me think about something that could be applicable for somebody listening right now. immediately thinking about exercises I would do in a coaching client, but I want to give some, somebody a tool that they could utilize for themselves right now. Okay, here's one. I would have you journal as your future self. So put yourself out in the future, however far it is. Maybe it's a year, maybe it's a month, maybe it's a week, or maybe it's just at the end of today when you, now you have that 1% more, whatever that belief is in yourself. And have that version of you tell the the current version something that you don't know or that that you have inside of you that you're going to recall. And let your future self give your now self some wisdom that's just been buried a little bit. You'll be amazed if you don't overthink this and just let your future self talk to you at the wisdom that's really inside.
0: I love that. I It reminds me of a meditation that I did when I was in a little mini six-week course and she – through it, she takes us on this river and is like, on while, while you're floating on this river, you're going to pass your future house and future you is standing outside of it. It's like, what is future you doing? How is she living? What's, what is she experiencing? What is she doing in her day-to-day? Like, how is she showing up for herself? And then you can think, okay, I'm here now and I just dreamt of this wonderful future. How can I get myself a little bit closer to the place that I want to be? So that's, that was wonderful. That's beautiful. I love that. I, I feel like I should go listen to that meditation again. It was, a, I haven't listened to it in a long time. It was, it came across my plate February of last year, I believe. So February 2022. Sounds about right. Uh, but it was uh, inspiring to know that if you can dream it if you can believe it it is possible for you and that's something I remind my clients of too your brain doesn't just come up with these really irrational visions it's like no if if you thought of it it is possible to get there you just have to put in the work and as you teach build up the belief in yourself that you can do it and that it is possible
1: it's so true so true all
0: right so how would you let's take you from age 27 to now what has changed for you? What are some learning experiences you've come across along the way? How can you, I guess, how do you represent the inspiration to the 20-something-year-old self that hadn't even started this journey yet?
1: The last five years of my life have been unimaginable and amazing, but obviously I imagined it, so here I am. I truly think that if I would have told 23-year-old Kayla, okay, 10 years, this is what your life is going to look like, 23-year-old Kayla would not have believed it. She would never have thought that this level of success and love and freedom was possible for her, but it's, it's my reality. It's really who I'm embodying, and so one of the shifts that I made was starting to let myself hold things as possible. Instead of saying, oh, that'll never happen for me. I have no idea. Instead of writing things off, I started to let myself say, well, what if that would be possible? And one example of that, I can remember when I was in you know, one of these valleys in my early 20s and I was living at home, not paying any rent or maybe going to start paying rent in an apartment. I can remember deciding, like I made the decision that one, I'll never be a homeowner. It just, it's not for me. It's too much stress. It's too much pressure. I just will never be a homeowner. I'll just rent forever. And the other thing that I decided is I really want to, I'll know that my partner is my partner, my dream, my you know, my forever partner, when he's willing to cover all of the bills and all of the expenses. So I don't have the pressure of that. And whatever money I make, I had I just felt like I'll always just make $30,000. Like that's the most money I can ever make that the money that I make, we could use to spend on, to go on vacation. So we could go on nice vacations every year or to be able to just like pay for something a little bit extra. Like we could buy the Christmas presents for all of our family with it. And I can remember having made those decisions. I'll never be a homeowner. And I really need to have a partner that is willing to cover all of the expenses. And that to me, the version of me now is hilarious that I would have thought that that is the best that I could do. Not because I think that those things are bad and wrong. It's just, it's not anywhere near the vibration of, of who I am now. My husband and I just bought our third home together. And uh, you know, it's amazing to me the the income that I bring in for our family and all of the ways that I get to spend so much money with so much joy. And the amount of money that I can sometimes spend in a day or a week or a month is more than I used to make in a year. And so it just is unfathomable for my, for my brain. Like, how did that happen? But the shift was I decided to let myself hold it as possible. Instead of writing it off like I previously had did and just say that'll never happen for me, I just started saying, well, actually, that could happen. That could be possible for me. And then from there, I started to build on, OK, well, how could it be possible? What would it take?
0: I love that. I love those questions of flipping the script in your mind of instead of saying, no, that's not a life I could ever live. That's just not for me. I honestly stopped saying never. I will never do that. That has been removed from my vocabulary because who knows? You never know what's going to happen, what's going to shift. And you can start asking yourself of, but what if that did happen? What if it did become possible? What if you could allow yourself to create these beliefs and to dream a little bit and to add some positivity and some inspiration to your own life and in your own mind in a world that's very dark and bleak and negative is, it's not helpful if you're going to do that into your own self and your own future self that doesn't even exist yet. And it's like you're already kind of pushing yourself yeah. down instead of lifting yourself up and it's, it's up to you to make that decision of which one do you want to be? Which story do you want to follow?
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. And then if you, if you could go back to 23 to 25 year old Kayla and give her any message, what would you tell
1: her in that moment? Mm, I would tell her, girl, you are so enough. You are so, so enough. And don't try to hide any bit of you or think that any bit of you is too much or not good enough because the truth is that you are so enough and you are like your your level of muchness is just the right level of, of muchness so keep being you because you're going to create some amazing beautiful things
0: i love that and it really does your belief system comes down to your own self-worth absolutely all right and you've kind of mentioned this throughout but i want to give you one final like wrap into it of how would you say your story aligns with the work that you do now with your clients it
1: so perfectly aligns because even if my clients haven't had the same path what is similar is they have a big desire for the yes life that they want to live and I certainly have had that and continue to have that and so we walk hand in hand towards the work that I do is I take my clients on the journey of them being a yes for themselves deeply believing in themselves and realizing that they can really have the experience of life that they most want.
0: Love it. Is there any final words you have to a 20-something listening? I know we've kind of started to transfer all of your amazingness and all of the things that happen in your brain to them, but just some final words of encouragement, I guess I could say, for them.
1: To the 20-something listening, I would say let yourself dream as big of a dream as you want. And be careful who you share it with. There are some people who are totally going to champion you and tell you, of course, that's possible. And that there there are other people who will not hold that possible for themselves. And so they won't hold it possible for you either. And that doesn't mean that you can't share it with them, but share it with them knowing that they're going to make a comment based on what they see as possible for themselves. And all that you have to worry about is what's possible for you.
0: It's 100% correct. It's your your limiting beliefs versus their limiting beliefs and how you get to be in charge of changing how your mind works around it so that they're no longer limiting you, but inspiring you and encouraging you. Well, this was incredible. Thank you, Kayla. I know I feel inspired by you. I feel like I need to go to work right now and (laughs) work on my beliefs. Although I do like to say I have pretty high beliefs for myself and I hope my audience feels the same way. Because it's so important to build your belief in yourself and your abilities because you are fully capable of living the life of your dreams. So I want to thank you for coming on here and sharing your story and highlighting a pretty difficult timeline to grow through in your 20s. And that leads to where you are now. And it built this incredible human being in the process. Thank you so much, Jess. I'm
1: so grateful that I could be here.
0: Right. And you have a freebie that you want to offer to those listening, which will be linked in the show notes. But how can people directly contact you? And what is this freebie going to consist of so that they're enticed to go check out the show notes?
1: I'll let you talk. Amazing. So you can reach out to me either on Facebook or Instagram, either at Kayla Jetta. Jess will have to link that for the spelling in the show notes or at my business at Rise Leadership Circle. And I am going to give all of you our intensive called Roadmap to Your Wealthiest Life intensive. So Jess will be able to link that and then you can redeem that so that you can join us for a Roadmap to Your Wealthiest Life.
0: Ooh, I'm excited. I'm going to do it too. Uh, And as you guys do it, as you're listening, and you hopefully go click that link right now before you forget, I want to hear what came up for you as you... Go through this freebie and also reach out to Kayla. Let her know what – I'm sure she'll contact you so she can follow up with you. But spread the awesomeness. Spread how amazing your path to your wealthiest self is going to be. And don't worry, guys. Like this – everything is going to be linked in the show notes. But this does conclude another amazing episode of How to 20-something. And remember, if you want to be a guest on here too – please fill out the google form and if you liked what you heard give me a good rating and a review share it with a friend post it on social media on what inspired you the most and then of course tag me or tag Kayla you can tag me at coach.justdiamond you can tag Kayla at Kayla Jetta when you do and you know the drill as I will be in your headphones with a new episode every Monday And until then, have a wonderful week and work on starting to build up your own beliefs in yourself.